Welcome everyone to the Palette. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Parlay. We are your hosts. My name is Woody. And this is Joey. And we are back with a very special edition of The Parlay. Um, We have a super special guest, um, somebody that we've been asked to have on um, by a number of people. Um, I know Joey's excited to have him on. I'm excited to have him on. Um, It's someone, as Joey hinted in our last episode, um, he's dubbed him The Podfather. Of the A7FL. Uh, well, I said Podfather. He said Godfather. Um, That's good, Woody. I like Podfather, right? That's why a little bit. Um, the Podfather A7FL, we have uh, quarterback extraordinaire, Mr. Corey Hammond. Corey, what's up, man? What's going on? I'm a Podfather. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm usually only known as just a father of many, but Podfather, man, that's actually, I, I, didn't, I, missed, I must have missed that on one of the episodes, but I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, no, for no, I, say, I said you already snow, but you guys already do snow, so. We definitely already snow here. I think that's great segue into the, um, one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, we're just going to jump right in. Um, we know that last year you were playing on the Renegades. Correct me if I'm incorrect. Hawks, Hawks. Okay, you were on the Hawks. See, Season and, and before that's that. fair because even the Hawks didn't know at times that I was on their roster and they put in a running back, a career, a seven running back. You might even remember him. Bigger. Get out of here. Uh, Bigger, yeah, from the Thrashers, who has never been a, you know, and no disrespect to the guy in, in his first game at the quarterback position on pass plays because he had no business trying to throw the ball. He ran for 200 yards against the D.C. Buzz. So, you know, I, I guess that's that's definitely production there. Um, I came in and threw a touchdown uh, on my, my third throw of the game, but, you know, that was one of my last. But anyway, it's okay that you thought I'm a renegade. I, I, I'm more memorable as a renegade, taking them from zero, uh, you know, wins as a, a franchise in this uh, to the playoffs um, in my first year. So, you know, I get remembered for that. Uh, the Hawks, even though I was nine touchdowns, three interceptions last year in uh, five games, sp- splitting time with Bigger. You remember Bigger, Woody? Yeah, I remember Bigger. That's why I was surprised when Did you said that. Did you ever know that his, his real name was Greg Llewellyn? I knew his name was Greg. I didn't know his name was Greg. I didn't know the last name. Oh, no, it's, it's Gerald. Excuse me. I still don't know. It, Gerald this with a G. Llewellyn. And then they were putting stats up on that big screen in yeah. uh, Maryland, the Baltimore Ripken State, uh, yeah. the, the Ripken Stadium that we were playing in. Yeah, yeah. They put his stats up, Gerald Llewellyn. And I literally out loud said, yo, they got Bigger's name wrong. That's hilarious. And Bigger goes, that's my name. That's his name. I knew it was with a G. I knew it was a G because I had a conversation him, uh, with him a long time ago when he was a, pu- a Punisher. So I remember his name uh, starting with a G, but I did not know the last name. That's Well, anyway. Um, yeah, we're not so going to do that. We're not going to run in, down. In summary, I was a Hawk last year. Yeah. And they, as a team, even forgot that I was on their team at times. So well, that's fair, Woody. Who's running? Um, so who's running that ship? There. Who's running that ship still? Is it still uh, Bobby? Um, there is. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny any uh, situation okay. with the Old Bridge Hawks. However, um, there is uh, potentially surprising news as February first, kind of the deadline for uh, teams, uh, is approaching, and I, I will let that be a surprise that will be left teased and on. Un- uh, Unrevealed, at least yet. 
So I swear. Keep your ears to the ground, Joey. You'll you'll hear some news. Joey, have you speaking, noticed? Speaking of uh, deadlines approaching, um, I'm not sure if you were hinting towards that, but uh, do you have any insider information of when the schedules will be dropped? I've heard rumors. Um, I think there was either CP3 or I'm pretty sure it was CP3 already known the schedule, but is there anything you can um, speak on? As a representative of the league, um, <laughs> the the schedule release has not yet occurred. Um, <laughs> uh, so, to as a as a player, um, I'm not told anything. And although Matt Ryan is talking about because he is the head of uh, you know programming for the A7FL, and he kind of knows the the final game of week schedule, which is a which is a lot more involved as as this league is continuing to grow and we're trying to get into the other markets to do the games of the week, to give them the same type of coverage you're seeing from the, uh, the Las Vegas division out there for their fall season. But, um, you know, I don't know who was reporting what, but, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the hypothetical potential matchups, which are basically just like, you know, an NFL schedule, you know what teams you're going to play in your own division, right? You know, newsflash, uh, breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. The Orlando Ghosts are likely going to play this year, guys. The Nightcrawlers, the O-Town Orange, and the A-Team. So uh, don't tell anybody. I just released some of the schedule to you. But the actual official release will be actually – it is more of a tease, I guess. You know, two teases in a row. That's awesome. That's but will be um, – released on the pod in the uh, weeks coming. And I think it's going to be at or around that, uh, that first or second week in February. So keep an ear out on the ground for that as well. Joey. Now for sure. Um, so let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Cause I, I kind of want to get more into uh, Corey Hammond, the player before we, we get into you, um, the broadcaster. Um, so like yeah, you said, yeah, I'll go into my, I'll go into split mode and I'll, I'll have my multiple personalities be able to uh, shift back and forth on, on, you know, on cue. So, but, you know, I'll have to do my best. Uh, what's his name? James McAvoy impression here, but I won't do the crazy ones. All I'll right. keep that. Uh, I'll keep that for after the podcast. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, what we're gonna go is to go ahead, go back to um, you as a player. So last year, you're on the uh, you were on the Old Bridge Hawks. That was a bit of a, uh, a journey right there. Um, so for us, you know, a lot of us in Florida may not have caught it or caught the episode where you announced it. Where would you be playing this season? Well, I referenced it uh, before, and if you know anything about the New Jersey division, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, with the result yesterday for his professional team that he plays for, but the left tackle for the Buffalo Bills, Deion Dawkins, actually owns one of our uh, franchises in the New Jersey division. Um, you know, he's a he's a local guy and uh, was, a, was a good friend to somebody that was involved in the league for a while, so it just was a natural fit. And his slogan is, you already snow, Deion Dawkins. So he named his team the Snow Tribe, and your boy, Corey Hammond, will be quarterbacking for the Rawway Snow Tribe in 2023. Listen, that's, that's actually a really, really good pickup by them. Um, I think that was a position. And I would say this, if anybody had questions about it, then shame on you, episode six releases not only the rest of the players that will be joining me, but also the yearly awards and the roast of Corey Hammond. That was probably our, our, I think it still is our most listened to episode. And one of my favorites, because it ends with um, my wife absolutely murdering me on my own podcast. <laughs> and uh, what, what podcast are you referring to? I don't think you mentioned it. 
<laughs> well, if you're a fan of the A7FL, then you know that the three-on-one is one of the most exciting plays in professional sports. Now, that's a bad segue to the podcast of me, Matt, and Rob just having fun and then you guys dealing with my, uh, you know, you guys as listeners dealing with my antics and uh, them having to deal with it on and off the air. But the three-on-one podcast uh, on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get podcasts, um, we're up to episode 28, and uh, Wednesday we'll be releasing episode 29, and we had some uh, planned guests, but uh, due to current circumstances, and if you do your homework, Joe, you might even be able to find out what's going on. Uh, There's been a lot of drama um, relatively, let's say, between our divisions, and if you want to look into that, all you got to do is ask. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely starting to see some, some stuff going on on the boards up there in Jersey. About I saw well, Jersey RC, are good. Jersey, we're okay, um, but there is some, there is some drama, and then I'll leave it at that. Definitely, and I, the understandable. Um, I, I saw some things going on. Uh, Archie, you did a, uh, a live, and you went into depth about some different things. Um, I'm not sure if you want to touch base or I probably think, I think we all could let the, the, the players uh, find out on the player pages and the fans just wonder at home. You know, there's just a lot of intrigue to this league. I wonder what this mystery is. Absolutely. And honestly, that's like one of the things that intrigues, intrigues me the most about the league. You know, it's not your typical, typical flag league or semi-pro league where you have all that activity on the boards you know, you, you get to really get the shit talk on either the Florida division. You get to see what's going on over in Nevada and especially up there, up north with you guys, kind of what's going on, the, uh, the free agent moves that are going on um, in each each market, which brings a little bit more excitement, um, especially with the with the free agency and, and just the shit talking that builds that that rivalry a little bit more. Well, I think that's one of the great things about this league, and I kind of didn't want to old man it out here, but um, with me and Corey both going back so far into this league, I tell everybody that was one of the very unique things about this league in itself, not just the fact, not just our style of football, but the message boards. The message boards was a, oh, man, a different beast than another. It's like Twitter back in the day. Joey, I know we're aging you a little bit here, you, you little baby, but – um. When Twitter first came out, it was the Wild Wild West. It's not the same as it is right now. And the same thing with our message boards. Those message boards were brutal back in the day. So I, I always say that, you know, how, you know how the joke is that, that people say, even though it's just a miscommunication, but that Al Gore invented the Internet? Yes. Olay Bell, the defensive end from the Savage, invented memes. And the best memes that I ever saw in my introduction to the idea of a meme, and this is like in 2013, um, we're on the, 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 the New Jersey pages and the PA pages and it was Olay roasting people. Roasting. Um, and he's, he, you know, he's one of the, the best to ever do it as far as the meme game. Listen, and he's actually in the hall of fame. He's basically retired from memes. He just, he just reposts old memes and still gets the same amount of likes. So see, that's, that's great. That you segue me perfect here. You can see his two professionals here, um, with Olay, um, especially with, let's just start with that part with the memes. Do you remember the quarterback that they had for what's his name? Fitz? I forget, something. Yeah, McQueen. McQueen. There we go. McQueen, the quarterback for oh, the uh, wrecking crew. McQueen. And the and the McQueen meme where he he, he has his uh, elbows on his on his knees and he's yes. wearing like the uh, like African garb. Is that yes, what he's talking about? Exactly. That's you already knew which one I was talking about. <laughs> he already snowed. I already knew what you were talking oh, about. 
already no, knew what you were talking ones, about. The best ones were when uh, when Vargas when he would do a Vargas one. Yes, Vargas. And he would one. put McQueen and CJ as his sons. As his sons. Like yep. everybody does that with Tom Brady or Dak Prescott or whoever just beat. Like they're doing it with Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott now. But this was this was six, seven, eight, nine years ago. Olay after a game when the Chiefs would beat BIC. He would have a picture of this guy, Alex Vargas. He's a he's the championship winning quarterback for the Chiefs, who actually, uh, you know, this might be blasphemous, Joey, but uh, reminds me a little bit of your game. I think you could probably be a you know a better human being than him. He, he, he lost respect from his teammates, but he was a good player, and he was more of that you know defensive style high school and early college player that got converted into a, a physical, athletic quarterback. And uh, I don't know who that sounds like on this po- podcast, but it's not me because I said athletic. Um, so, but yeah, so he would have the picture of Vargas and on his shoulders would be the picture of kids and superimposed with the heads of a quarterback CJ. Um, and that's not his real name either. And obviously McQueen, which is not his real name either. Um, a reference again to Disney guys in Orlando. Everybody should be happy about that. But, um, McQueen was fast, but I mean, he wasn't the, you know, he was not speed. Yeah. But that guy, yeah, he was the quarterback of the record. He was like Chick Hicks. You know what I'm saying? He was like more of like a, like but a yes, heel character. Which is funny that you mentioned that because Joey himself uh, became a uh, a bit of a uh, a hit on the Florida page. I don't know if you noticed that with um, his meme that he put up of uh, the quarterback from the A-team as well as um, the guy that you he – You were taking some shots at him the last episode. I actually uh, – <laughs> for, for you to come on and do – preseason player awards and say the most improved player is is a player that played all season because that that was pretty epic my friend i was i was literally cracking up and i i actually sent you the mess message uh on facebook i was specifically referring to you ripping a guy that came on my podcast and i was actually impressed with and uh i i kind of been rooting for but I'm not going to lie, I'm still laughing out loud listening to the parlay episode 16, which you failed to name. Just want to go back. I, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, I, I felt like it was a fair enough award because you let a dude that went from playing corner, linebacker, winning, you know, defensive player of the year for the inaugural season, which, you know, it, there's obviously an asterisk because it's year one, it's not that big, in my opinion, to playing quarterback never playing quarterback before, and then going undefeated against the reigning offensive player of the year for the Florida division. So he obviously had an off year. I'm looking for him to bounce back and obviously have a much better season. Hopefully our games, you know, get back to the competitive nature that they are. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table this year. Me too. And, and to be fair, I think I can't promise anything, but based on some of the whispers that I hear that trickle down to – me and you know people you know i talk a lot and they use my face um which i don't know why it's not that great um but i really don't know the inside information but some of the trickle down might be that we could we could feature a couple more of these uh you know pretty talented young men from florida on games of the week uh this coming uh these upcoming sundays starting um probably not the first week March 26th is opening day, but this season, I would expect uh, the national audience to be introduced to a lot of you guys, and and likely especially the ghosts and the nightcrawlers who at times have proven that they have the right to potentially be on national television. 
and not uh, turn it into an embarrassment like, unfortunately, what happened to that Ohio team when we finally were able to broadcast Mark Bagway for the first time. Yeah, that was pretty rough. I didn't think that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. That was that was eighty nothing faster than you know. You know, my mouth goes off, um, and my mouth is always running much faster than my legs. My wife would, uh, you know, repeat to me. That's hilarious. (laughs) So they would. Go ahead, Joey. Go ahead. So Corey, I I actually have a question. um, Just touching base on the night crawlers and the Florida division in whole. Um, You know, as a player and as a, a commentator. Were you guys, you guys in the booth, um, just around the league, kind of surprised and with the Florida division kind of coming out of left field, with the Nightcrawlers being able to make that push into possibly the, you know, referred to as one of the top three teams in the uh, the country? Was that a shock, or did you guys kind of expect this, only they fast-tracked it? Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Rob is more the vocal representation of this ideal, but in New Jersey, we're really a kind of, you, you know, I'll believe it when, when you show me, you know, type of, of group, right? Um, most of us that are that way are also advanced in age. So I always say that we're the get off, you know, we're the get off your lawn guys at this point. But what I was doing to try to stay informed and to try to be a better, you know, professional at what I, what I do in multiple avenues um, I was reaching out to as many people as I could. Now, one of the guys, I think his name is Flacco Ryan, and you've been oh. talking about how he's moving around free agency. He was really excited to go into detail about how his team, the Nightcrawlers, was going to come up there and beat BIC. That's fair enough. Yeah, he uh, he definitely does talk a lot, and <laughs> well, being able, he was talking very confidently when I was talking to him as your guys' season was kind of wrapping up, getting to a close. And I was looking at their record, and I was saying to him out loud, I mean, you're making a lot of big promises for a team out there that's two and three. And then what he told me, and I I didn't believe it at the time, but he told me, nah, it's different. We got this guy. We got these guys. And our team different now. We're gonna we're gonna do some things, right? So that was the kind of the first like on my radar starting to hear about the Nightcrawlers. I had actually seen, um, you know, based on record, that kind of the goat. You guys were kind of you know at least in the middle of the season, you know, having the best record, looking like you were gonna be the team, at least from the you know whatever the Florida Ohio division, you know, we wanted to call the blue or the, you know, the indigo or whatever ridiculous thing that we were calling it because there's no way to connect those two states reasonably um but great job guys uh and i mean you guys were driving there um not sarcasm sorry league don't be mad i said my show um but then what happened is the hawks that i was on we had a playing game with the dc buzz and if we won that game which we didn't um we would have played the Florida champs and we would have to be, you know, like the DC buzz drove down to Florida. And when the DC buzz came back, I know a lot of those guys personally. So I was asking them and they were telling me, yeah. And I don't want to do their, their accent uh, too much, <laughs> but this is what I heard. Yo, that them boys, the truth. And they proved to be when they play the rare breed in front of my eyes, because as much as I was kind of rooting against the showboating, there was no denying, you know, not just Mark, but the, the talent that you guys brought to be on par with what Maryland, 
you know, it's, it's under the radar because nobody really talks about it, but the rare breed are what some people might refer to as super team. They're multiple teams that combine the best attributes of, you know, the best players of, of those multiple teams combined into one to give the, the UNBIC the best shot that they could. And Florida's team that came up here, not fully staffed as, as far as I was, I was told, and with the quarterback, then when I asked him pregame, like, hey, man, I appreciate your game. I heard a lot about you. Good luck today. Um, what do you think you're going to do? Like, you know, he's like, man, I ain't really – this ain't really it. I ain't really a quarterback. I'm just going to go out there and do my thing. And I'm like, oh, well, you're kind of not that cool. Man, come on. I work, I work so hard to be even a decent quarterback. How dare you? And then he went out there and basically made the game look easy at times, even though he turned the ball over too many times for his team to win and didn't convert on the fourth down. But uh, he he's a great player. Um, and then, you know, the more we looked into it, he's got a great reputation you know, nationally as a quarterback, you know, despite his own opinions of himself. And what we saw, we can't take away. That team is a really good team. And anybody, to be fair, anybody that can com- compete with those guys that were on that field, including Deontay Henderson, that I think is, is uh, not talked about enough, um, and I think it's because people don't want to say his name because they're 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 literally scared of that. So um, I would agree. Uh, I'm not afraid to say his name, but I'm usually giving him praise. So hopefully he still doesn't want to beat me up. And that's a that's a great point. And speaking, um, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, as and being someone that's a part of the Ghost that has played them and saw what they had to bring against that Ohio team, and then us in that championship game. When they went up there uh, to play the rare breed, they were they were missing some very key players, which is scary because they were able to go toe to toe, you know, with some bad decision making down along the line. They could have pulled that out and possibly, if fully staffed, they probably could have won. I would say anywhere from six to twelve points against the rare breed with that fully staffed team. So if it's scary, but it's also exciting because we get to play against them two to three times, two if not three times this upcoming year. So, you know, like we talked about last episode, iron's going to sharpen iron down here. Um, and then, you know, the best team's going to head up north or out west. To yeah, we have no idea, honestly. Mm-hmm. As, you know, as the pod father, I still don't have an idea. As a player, nope, no clue. I just know that there's whispers that there's going to be kind of a separation, you know, west and east, just to make travel as, as convenient as possible. But at the same time, the 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 concentration of teams and, and let's be honest, great teams, you know, seems to be they're, they're still relatively close to where it would be normally. So, you know, we're not sure how things are going to shake out. But I would say this, man, if you're if you're playing those night crawlers, you know, keep, and as as, uh, you know, one of the, the pod hosts down there for you. You know, the, I think the key for your division is, is Mark Bagway about the bags or the win. Because if he comes out and he's Mark Winway, I think that the uh, Florida division as well as the East Coast it might be on notice. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, and that's here. a fair – go on, go on, Woody. I'm over here trying not to laugh at Mark Winway. I, I got what you did there, Corey. I did. I, did. I respect it. But um, well, that that's another episode on our podcast. So yeah, no, we, no, we, we heard that one. All of our friends in, in Florida, if you if you like what you're hearing on the parlay, not only just on Spotify anymore, as we discussed in episode 16, if you missed it, we will also be on other platforms. But you can also check out the A7FL three on one podcast with myself, Corey Ammon, Big Rob Fabian, Fabian, aka Bachata Bob, 
or Sangria Bobby, which is also a fun episode, and the host, Matt Ryan. But, guys, but you can also, Wednesdays at 5, live on YouTube, you can watch the podcast on video. So I don't know why you would prefer to see our faces while we talk, but if you do, you can. Yes, and that definitely and guys, is and to, to just one up you with even better situation than that. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch. And you can either pick up your Hus Hus, Thick Boy Season, or I'll Try t shirts designed by at Jess Ham Tattoos on most social media platforms because I'm a Twitter bot. I'm not going to list them. And that was my plug situation. <laughs> All right, now I'll go back to the right there. And well, speaking of, uh... yeah, that's that's what you always have to do. Whenever you guys go on a podcast, you always have to plug yourselves and do some merch. Why not? Anyway, go ahead, Joey. I'll speaking of shows. speaking of podcast, Corey. Now it brings me to a question. Now, I imagine you've listened to obviously the other side of the ball and our podcast. Brings you to the question, which of the two do you enjoy listening to more? <laughs> well, Joey, that's an interesting question because I will say that as I listen to your guys' podcast when it comes out, I also weekly listen to the Other Side of the Ball podcast. And if you know anything about the podfather and my assumed identity uh, or the character I play on these, Corey Hammond's all about Corey Hammond. So, Joey, as I've only been a guest on your guys this moment, and I haven't yet heard my voice on your show, I will have to, by default, say that since the other side of the ball has an episode titled A Very Corey Hammond Christmas, I unfortunately, on your own show, have to say that I can hear myself have an episode where it's basically just me talking, and it's also named A Very Corey Hammond Christmas, and it would be hard for me as Corey Hammond to not go with the more Corey Hammond show. But we can we can address that as, as the weeks keep going on. And uh, if I offend anybody today, I would be more than happy to come on in the future to offend even more people if possible. So that was a very that was a very Corey Hammond answer. Um, but I as, warned you. I warned you guys. No, which I is, warned you guys. Which is, which is fair. No, no, which is fair, which is fair. But I think our, our uh, maybe our Jersey connection or just well, let me let me let me it? do this because it's a fair question. Yeah. A and B, I don't mind answering it in a way that you can get a little bit more out of it, right? So let me just say this: as I listen to your podcast, guys, what I really appreciate is how you're taking the player approach, adding the professionalism to it, obviously. So it's not you know, um, you know, loose and crazy and chaotic. But I can hear the personalities. I can hear that you guys have your opinions. You're, you're not afraid to state them. And I, I listen every week. So I enjoy it. I, I, I encourage you guys to continue to do it. And the more we get A7FL information out to the fans and even the players, um, you know, the more hype and the, and the more this league's going to grow. Because I don't know if you guys are fans' fans, but when I say solid gold boats, you know what we're all after. And it might not ever get to a solid gold boat because, like, I talked to uh, Shunner, the owner of the league. You know, that I actually invest- investigated. There is a solid gold boat out there. It's a yacht. And uh, I don't know if anybody will ever have that much money that I know. But you know what I'm talking about. And you guys are on your way to, if this thing does get 
you know, what Derek Duncan, the owner of Las Vegas, calls the rocket fuel. You guys are pretty much uh, set up for one of these spots to add content to an already fast-growing entertainment enterprise. All right. <laughs> and that, that was a lot. Um, I wanted to backtrack real quick. Um, how you mentioned didn't really mention to it but you we kind of spoke to it off off you know air before about having that that podcast being on air kind of putting yourself out there and becoming a target to the, right the, the players that you talk about the league in general you talk about um you know what what advice do you have going forward for anybody that you know will come on to the parlay come on to the three-on-one um yourself myself or anybody that will will be on air talking about the league um, you know, going forward. Uh, real quick, before you answer that, Corey, let me just repeat the question because you were chopping up real bad, Joey. So we're going to go ahead and um, just let you address that. Um, I'm going to repeat it just for the listeners. Um, the question essentially, Corey, is, you know, we do this as players and as people, as broadcasters. I heard him. I heard him. It was choppy, but it was yeah. a good question. No, I know and you heard him, it, but this is more just, for the just listeners. To, just to confirm, the question was, right, Joey, that, if I'm on these airwaves talking all this mess and also walking onto the field to answer those those direct statements that I put out there, you know, what's the advice for guys coming on podcasts or like me and you, Joey, quarterbacks that are also, um, you know, on the microphone, you know, giving our opinions? Is that fair, Woody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. Um, well, what I would say is, 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 is it's really important for guys to make sure that they are genuine, right? Um, if you're going to get into a physical situation, because football is a collision sport, and although the A7FL has been proven to be safer um, as far as concussions, as far as joints, as far as a lot of things, because the helmet actually becomes more dangerous as a weapon than it is as protection, um, you, can, you guys can check out the episode with Dr. D. Luigi from the Mayo Clinic, and uh, no, uh, this I also learned that this is not mayonnaise clinics. It's M A I O, so it's actually just like a big time, you know, you know, sports injury clinic uh, for those that are uh, like me that didn't know. But if you listen, he he confirms all those statements. But all that aside, all that safety, it's still football, and I still, as a relatively immobile quarterback in the pocket, have to answer to a lot of the things I say to three hundred pound plus men that, you know, at times play with a little bit of anger. And what I would say is as long as you're genuine with who you are on these podcasts and you're not just, you know, making stuff up to sound cool or, or, or skip Baylissing just to be a contrarian and you believe in what you're saying and you're not really going too far criticizing somebody past what, you know, you see as an analyst, as well as you don't turn it into some kind of, you know, personal vendetta let's say, against, I don't know, um, you know, a running quarterback that has very little, you know, <laughs> successfully throwing the ball, and you use your podcast to constantly go at him over and over again. Unless you feel with conviction that that's something that you want to be truly involved in. Um, what I would say is, is that, A, that's great for entertainment value, but B, as we've learned from somebody that's been mentioned on my podcast, and then you talk about the RDE, which we're not going to mention the name, but the effect has always been there. And if we ask the teams in order, A-team, O-Town Orange, Insomniacs, Over the Top, and the Hunters, they would all agree that a guy that goes on a podcast and talks a whole lot of garbage 
and doesn't back it up is a waste of human life, especially specifically in this case when that person takes advantage of a good person and when that person recently passes away, they go and they do that family even dirtier. Just be ready uh, to be answer to what you say. And if you're not ready to answer to what you say, you never should have said it at all, R.D. But anyway. Woody, I'm going to continue to pick my jaw up off the ground. I'm going to let you <laughs> take this one. <laughs> was that too much? Was that too far? That was not no. too far at all. I, I tried was... to keep it mysterious. I don't think most people will know who I'm talking about. But I do want to know. I do want to make sure that the person um, who I am talking about knows that I know all of this situation and that I'm being nice by not going into even more specific detail. Okay. But at the end of the day, cowards are the ones who talk and then run. For sure. For sure. I respect that 100 percent. And, you know, hopefully that that individual does listen and he can hear that little tidbit. Uh, well, hopefully that individual is never heard of or spoken of again in, in the next couple of weeks because we actually have live football going on guys and it's only about it's it's, it's less than two months away that we're going to have live football across the country and that's going to take all of our minds off of all this off-season stuff that you know at times was annoying to say the least oh for sure i mean i think as content creators um i hate that term but that's kind of what we do we create content here on these airways um it's annoying when we have to talk about certain things and certain people, for sure. Um, but as someone who's, you know, uh, you know, doing this seriously, I got to press you on that. Because that was a lot, and I know it's vague, and you may not want to, but I got to press you and ask you a little bit more if there's any more you can give me on that situation. Because that was a lot. Well, the, the, the personal situation and, and the, the, the people involved, I don't have their permission to go into detail. I think the the... You know, kind of the the general summary of what I entailed and the innuendo of, of who and what and where and why and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, you could fill in the blanks, but I think Joey is probably someone who's who's said it even more clearly and, and stated it directly, is that the situation and, and the, the thing that we're talking about, it's not something that's new. So it's not necessarily something that, you know, Joey's... Uh, jaw dropped to the floor that maybe I had the gumption to say it but like I said I'm not directly saying speaking about anybody I'm just talking about a general um you know acronym and acronyms can be applied to anything if you really do your uh you know you really do you know I mean we could we could be making a Dora the Explorer reference you know nobody really knows I got you it's one of those if you know you know kind of thing so we'll leave it at that I just I had to had to ask a follow-up or else I wouldn't be doing my job um, I want to I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I love where this conversation was going. I kind of want to go since we're referencing. It's about time that we're you know like you said we're gearing up to the throw off. Like we're getting really really close to the throw off in my opinion. And I'm chomping on a bit to get back on the field. Um, kind of going back to when we were talking about one of the you know legendary meme makers. Um, mm. For everyone that I know um, that knows me personally knows how close I am with. Um, Prince Brown, uh, the architect of the, you know, New Jersey Savage, and one of the staples, and like you said, one of the goats that I even said last podcast, episode 16, go back and listen, um, and his move to where he went to go play, um, obviously the Savage are no more, a lot of their core got up there in age and, you know, ventured off in the flag, which was a little bit more lucrative for them um, in the short term. 
uh, including his brother, who I believe played with you on the Hawks, if I'm incorrect. Um, no, no, no. It was it was Q and Ole and Ryan Willick and Sharad's event. So there was okay. there was a good, you know, a decent group of guys that were cast offs from what was the Savage. Okay. What their last year they were the you know it was just Red the Raiders. worst thing that I ever seen. What were they the Red <laughs> Red, the Red Raiders? Red Raiders. Or, or, yeah. I was, that, that was embarrassing. But Trust me. They, the, they did play on our team last year, but they weren't. You know, it's. It, I felt like it was hard for them to fully commit because Olay is 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 a is a type of player that's used to a certain level of, you know, excellence. I would say. Yep. And uh, you know, I think he was maybe a little bit disappointed there. And then uh, Q, the wide receiver, who as great as Olay Bell is at defensive end. Uh-huh. You know, Q Bell is the of the two of the brothers is the one with an MVP. Um, in 2016, he was the MVP because yep. his quarterback had got hurt, uh, had a had a facial fracture, yep. and uh, RF1 couldn't play anymore because his girlfriend now wife uh, was not going to allow it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he listened <laughs> have uh, for you, one have... day, except for one game. I think they played BSC, but they lost. Um, but Q Bell played quarterback the entire year, and they and he was an undefeated uh, quarterback until yeah. they got to the playoffs, so he won the MVP. Anyway, he was the wide receiver, but he was hurt for the Hawks. Yeah, I know. Although hurt, yeah. we had a chemistry at the end of the year, um, I also was splitting time with the running back, so he didn't get that many targets uh, if it wasn't me a quarterback. Yeah. So to so my question, they are both on what team now? Because well, I don't know if they're both there. Players. See, I can't, I can't confirm or deny that. So the, we had the announcement um, that Ole was going to BIC. That is correct. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Obviously, I believe that they're a package deal. If you ask me, I believe that they're both going um, to BIC, which would be insane to me because, like you said, and you took you took the statement right out of my mouth, as great as his brother is at a defensive end. And like I said, in a league that, you know, there's a lot of good pass rushers, I feel like, to me, Ole is the best. If not, you can put maybe top two. Um, but if you ask me, that's number one. Um Cubell is just as amazing. I want to talk about somebody again. Like I said, I'm really close with Prince Brown, um, and so I've I've known those guys for a long, long time. From my first season, um, they were my first, the very first team I played against was the uh, was the Savage, and man, did they whoop our ass! Um, <laughs> so I got to see, I got to see who, it up. Who was the who was the quarterback back then? Oh uh, my God, no, it might have been Paleo. This is. Paleo, really? Yeah, wow. I think it might have been Paleo. Okay. I this it was way, way back in the day. I'm not even sure. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that was that was a long time I ago. I keep telling you, man, um, I've been I have been playing in this league. No, 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 I, I never didn't believe you, but I was like, wow, that's you, no one ever says Paleo's name. I was just talking to Casey Fennessy, the defensive end that he actually is like an offense coordinator for BIC. Yeah. And we were talking about Paleo. He's one of those those lost guys that was good, but you know, nobody talks about Bro, how about but this yeah, guy? So Let I, me bring I, up another I, name. Not, Hold on, let's I go down this road. Pretty sure that both Ole and Kyan Bell yeah. are uh, going to be uh, yes. lacing up the baby blue and silver um, for the Brothers in Christ from Trenton. Which is so, so funny. I think a lot of people don't can, know that that's actually what BIC stands for. Um, big shout out to Carl for never losing that. Um, we're going to hold on real quick before we get Joey. We're going to go down this road because we're here already. Um, and we're going to kind of name some of these older players. I kind of want to give them some shine. If you if you'll indulge me, Corey, um, well, it's my show. I'll I, indulge I, you. I want you to indulge me. Um, we we mentioned Paleo. How about another one? This guy may have been like the Terrell Davis of his time, where he wasn't here for a long time, but he was there for a good time, and he definitely made an impact. You remember Dinkle? 
What team was he from? He was from the Thrashers. Running back, number 12. Big, huge white boy. Ah. Ran straight up, and he was, like, just a hammer. The thing is, is that back then... It's maybe before your time. I was... No, I was just a quarterback. So, in, in 2013, it was officially my first year. I had multiple times started practicing with the what would be the Sayreville Bombers when they were going to come back, but we just never came back. Yeah. But the first year I ever was officially uh, a quarterback in the A7FL, uh, a team called Super Best Friends run by Justin Peckin. Mm. <laughs> and everybody knows my rivalry and, and that I'm always talking trash about the Maryland division. Yeah. Uh, it's the point where they call me a narc, so I call myself McNulty to them. That's hilarious. Um, good, good reference, by the way. <laughs> and and I just I was just texting uh, uh, Woody the other day that I I, I know who Snoop is now, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, our jerseys were were regular jersey with the Maryland sleeve with yep. the Maryland flag sleeves. Yep. We were just a New Jersey team. This was even before Maryland was heavily involved in uh, town beef at that point. And when I was the quarterback of teams, I I would hang out around the field and talk to guys. But you didn't really know guys' names that weren't on your team. Yeah. You would, Woody, right? You would only know guys that were, you know, LJ would name them. Yes. Right? Yes. You give them a nickname. And the that's original it. announcer, the OG announcer. Yep. And that's Shout out name. to LJ Smith. Um, but LJ would name them, or you would see people, you know, posting on Facebook, and you would see their ridiculous Facebook name. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't it. always their government. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, some of these guys is before my time as an analyst, where I was really looking at guys and and looking at the roster and learning names and everything. You know, back then when I was a quarterback, I would go there, I would take my beating, I would throw for 200 yards, and whether we won or lost would be, you know, how, how many times our defense could stop fourth and 18 and the quarterback, would, which was a running quarterback. And, you know, surprise, surprise, he ran for the first down. He didn't throw it. Um, that was frustrating. Um, but I made the playoffs every year of my 10-year spring career except for two, one last year with the Hawks and then when I had my – one year with Spanktown. Um, so I want to name. But, an, let me name another guy then. So let me name another guy for you. Yeah, so Obviously, I don't you'll know, but you know. Okay, but you'll know for sure this guy. You'll know Dolby. Who? The, the linebacker for the Bombers, Dolby. No, Mark Dobichetsky yes. is a personal friend. <laughs> yes. You, so you guys call him Dolby. Well, I wasn't going to yeah. say the like whole from name. Harry I, Potter. I wasn't going to. No, it's not Dobby. It's Dolby. But it's, it's like Dolby. Mark. His name is Mark Dobyshevsky. I was saying that whole thing. He no. played in high school a couple years uh, under me. I'm from Sarable, where Ryan DePaul's from. Yeah. And where ST's from. Remember Sean Thomas, ST, I, I for the Bombers, and the goat. That's there's no other. Yeah, way he's literally the best that's... player that's ever played in our league. Well, he was my wide receiver in high school, and we ran wing T, so he's also a running back. But he was yeah. my, you know, here's the ball, Sean. You go do the things that I could never. Uh, but Mark Dobyshevsky was a linebacker for Sarable. So when he played for the Bombers, you know, it's funny. He actually played in the league, even though he was younger, than me, oh. before I even got to the league because yeah. I was in college. So when I got to the league, he was already kind of almost washed up because he played so rough and tough. Um, and, you know, people don't remember how good some of the early players were because the league was more of a run-dominant league. Yes, for sure. It was almost like the 90s NFL where, you know, the way that you won was, you know, strong defense, big powerful, mean, punch you in your literal face offensive line, yep. a running back that can churn it out and play action. Yep. 
um, SWG and the Bombers would do the like wing T option and misdirection yep. stuff, but nobody could figure that out uh-huh. um, for a couple of years. Well, until they just didn't feel like playing anymore because they were too dominant, I guess. Exactly. Um, but Mark Dobrzewski is one of those guys that we give credit to guys like Brian Urlacher and Ray Lewis and, you know, all down the line, you know, linebackers that are tough. But this guy was playing that same brand of football with no helmet, no pads, and the guy that usually was playing against him did not want to run the ball. In, in right in front of a, a five foot nine, a two ten linebacker that I just saw in the bar, and now he's all about his kids. So Mark Dobrzewski's living a great Shout life, but he's him. like, man, you're still in that league? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. He doesn't even really know how big it is because it's been so long since that so Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's why I would definitely want to bring up his name because I was one of the guys that, like you said, I I won't credit myself because I know there's other people that try to do it. As you said, it was a run-based league. When I created my team, the Outlaws, we were a pass-based offense. We, I kind of tried to want to do everything differently than what everyone else did. They had more running quarterbacks. I tried to have a little bit more pocket passers. I used to have these guys that look like linemen playing quarterback. I, I think there's some, still some other teams that would do that, too. They do that. I think there was a kid in Baltimore, maybe. I'm calling him a kid. He's probably a grown-ass man. Well, um, right now, uh, the D.C. Buzz, uh, their quarterback is Mark Diggs. And no one would accuse Mark Diggs of uh, under-eating at Thanksgiving. There you go. He's, he's not a, a, a tiny quarterback. Yeah. Um, we, we could say he, he, has a, uh, he has a full set of uh, active rib pads in our league. Sure. But, um, you know, there's also a guy out there in the Vegas, that is Scott Hamilton. Uh, his nickname is Scooter. Um, we've, been, we've been converting that a little bit more to forklift. The man is big, but he's a baller. So, um, yeah, for sure. You know, the, there, it's, you know, tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch every season is thick season in the a7fl um and there's a lot of thick boys playing quarterback around the league it just it just so happens that last year was my last season as a thick boy quarterback i'm now into the medium range and as i just weighed myself at 196 could i actually interrupt you guys this lovely trip down memory lane to present Corey with a uh, a business opportunity <laughs> probably in the short term here so, so as as everybody can you know hear and they've been listening to Corey ha- Corey and Woody has had a very long stint in the A7FL and you know there's some of the old heads they're pushing up in age and as we touched a little bit earlier in the uh, the episode that Corey was planning on coming down here to Disney World and bringing the all nine kids of his family down here I heard it's a great retirement. Area for guys your age, what and I know you coach your son's football what a little league. Shit. My proposal to you is bring the bring the whole family down here. Let them go to let them go to Disney on the weekends. You know we're looking for a quarterback coach for a very young and hungry quarterback, second year in the league. So you know one okay. one one or two years. You know if you're planning on moving the uh, the fam down here and you know getting into that retirement home you know we'll take yeah, care of you, you down here i feel you well I, what i would say this in this in, in this post-covid world joey um we all know the quarterback you're referencing and if you need some uh need some schooling you can go to uh com, and i would be more than happy to coach you but as i said post-covid this is a zoom world and if you can set up a camera i can judge you no problem and what i will say is, is that your uh your athleticism at times, my friend, forces you to roll out of that pocket prematurely. And first, what I would say to fix the issue there is when that that defensive end on your throwing arm comes that, that big hook around, instead of trying to beat him 
back and out and around the pocket. Just step up, do that little dip of your shoulder, make sure you can't touch your throwing arm, and then bend around. And then not only will you be able to be like attacking the defense with nobody in front of you, your lineman will be able to keep pushing that guy away and give him a chance because when you, when you turn that corner and get around that edge, guess who's not blocking anymore? Even the best offensive lineman can't block a guy once the guy's not in front of him because you moved. And when you do that, you can attack the defense hor- I mean, vertically, and they'll have to come up, and you'll see that you'll have even more open receivers. But just be careful. You play in a division with Deontay Henderson, so I would keep your head on the swivel. So I'm gonna roll my eyes. I'm gonna roll. Hold on. I'm gonna roll my eyes for a second. Because <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to roll my eyes. I'm sure you've said that to him before, Woody. Joey, how many times? We're learning. This. We're learning. All right. We've uh, we've taken that into account in the uh, the practices that we've been having. So uh, if anybody else in the Florida division, your team hasn't started practicing, and you want to get serious and come to a serious team looking to win the division, come to the Orlando Ghosts. That's what. go on, Woody. Uh, no, I'm still annoyed at how happy and receptive you were to that when I tell you that same thing. <laughs> That's like when I tell my kids something, and then a complete stranger on TikTok says the same thing, and my son goes, yeah, Dad, I haven't been really even watching social media. I've been watching, like, documentaries on YouTube. And I was like, I've been saying that to you for, like, three years. That's the point of YouTube. Anyway. These kids, man. But anyway, go These ahead, kids, Joey. <laughs> we'll, we'll get out of memory lane. I just want to. I'm just happy I gave. Generation of these youngsters. I just wanted to give some flowers to a couple of guys that I, I I definitely wanted to give respects to. We we know we know the goats. We know like the sts. We know um, the chicks. We know the. Um, oh wow! I'm shame on me. I'm. Uh, Skills, I forgot. Pure skills, but I don't know Pure his real skills name. Pure skills and – uh, I wish I knew his real um, name. The other guy, Big Moose. Big Moose. Yes, uh, Big Moose. Moose Spit. Moose Spit, yeah. That, 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 you know, that is the, the basically the textbook definition of the two-quarterback system at its finest. Pure skills was one of the most elusive players that have ever played in this league, and Moose Spit was one of, one of the most knowledgeable. And both of them would go back and forth, and it was back like – if a if a baseball team had a knuckleball pitcher yep. and a guy who could throw 110 miles per hour, yep. switching them in every yeah. two innings. And just to be clear, SWG was almost unbeatable in their day. Um, so, yeah, pure skills, moose spit. But, but that SWG team Chick. was even more deadly when they fused with the Bombers. Oh, my gosh. That should have never happened. It, for for all the Florida people that have zero idea what we're talking about and are probably yawning listening to us, by the way, just sit down, youngsters. You should be going on YouTube and looking at all these names and trying to find these guys because you will definitely learn something. And if not, you will be entertained. This is half of the reason why I'm doing it, I kid you not. Is these are the not, names no, that I listen, want. You're, you're allowed to, and I, I know that to, that, to be clear. And Joey would probably agree. Woody, no offense. This is not a good podcast. Me and you just enjoying ourselves with information only we know about. But I'm all for it, man. But no, this is part of it. There's nothing more Corey Hammond than talking about old days. Well, see, that's part of it that I wanted to do because, like, I like a lot of times we have guys on here. um, Like, we have some Florida guys here, and we got to talk about current things. But to have somebody else that knows this knowledge, if you're yawning, I'm sorry. Don't care. This is my podcast. (laughs) I'm going to talk about what I'll I'll yell later, and I'll wake you up. I'm going to go ahead. Don't hate. Corey, I would uh, I would like to actually uh, address a rumor. Speaking of old teams that used to run the uh, the league for a while, um, I think that you kind of covered it 
a little bit earlier with where certain people were going to, but can you um, address the issue of a team that was not to be named coming back um, and readdressing their, their name as one of the prominent teams in the, uh, the A7FL? No. Dude, come on, Joey. You got to follow right, up. I'm sitting here dying because follow up, Joey. Get back. I have never, I have never answered a question in one one word ever. It was so hard for me to say just one word, and I I, I killed it by explaining it. But go ahead. So, um, what uh, what team did the the Bells used to play for? They were the uh, the dominant did, team. Did, did Ryan DePaul the balls? That's what they call him. I, 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 yo, listen. I'm sorry. I hated that. Back in the day, I'm what? never he calling that man the balls. Like never calling him that. I thought that was like one of the worst. So that's what you're asking. What the, the team that Ryan DePaul played for? No, we're not talking about the Bombers. He's definitely talking. No, about he him. played for the Bombers, and then he actually created another team called the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Neither of those teams are coming back. He's talking about the Savage. He wants to know if the Savage are coming back. And no, the Savage are not coming back either. You could have just that is confirmed. You could ask. Me okay. That. Because I know you so guys just not, said, but, but you're what you're doing is you're you're on the right track. And that question that I answered with just one with just one word, yes. it's a great question. Yes. But I, do you, the thing is, is do you know even the, do you know Voldemort? I know the team. I know the team I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. I know you, the team you're talking about. You can ask me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer what the answer to that question is. You can ask me. Yeah. But. Uh, I can confirm that neither the the bombers or the savage are coming back. Yeah, and I don't think anybody was even aware that the cardinals existed, but they are also. That's fine. Turning. I was gonna throw some smoke streams and then ask in the middle of the smoke stream or maybe in before the smoke stream. Yeah, that would that would have been a, a, a tactical way to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. It's listen, Joey's growing still, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm gonna ask a couple names of the teams. One of them is gonna be the real team that I'm asking about, um, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Is the real question. So, um, I'll start with: Are the Thrashers coming back? Uh, I would say that they are not. Okay. How about the Chiefs? Are the Chiefs coming back? I would say the Chiefs are unable to uh, compete in the twenty twenty three season. Okay. What about the Wrecking Crew? Um, the Wrecking Crew is an interesting mm. one because a lot of the Wrecking Crew are coming back. They just aren't called that. Is that because they are the Patterson U? What? Is it because they're going to join the Patterson U? I think that they, those guys from the Wrecking Crew are the Patterson U. That, was, that I'm referencing. That was my first question. You didn't hear me, so I just refer, rephrased it. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, let's see. I'll just let the fans decide which one of those was the real team that I was asking about. But one of them is, is the one that I thought we were talking about. Am I incorrect? Oh, no. Well, it, here's the thing. If you go into the episodes and the three-on-one, we give you the clues. And I won't, I won't do anything other than tease the first clue, which is one of I, the main players of this team that is, is being rumored that they might come back, and I cannot confirm whether they are or not. But one of their... MVP caliber, and maybe even we could say multiple MVP caliber players, was one of the, you know, primetime performers in specifically the championship game. So he wasn't on the team that he might come back with, you know, as as they were currently, you know, as they were formally constituted um, back so, in the league. Go ahead. So he he won't be immortalized on the BIC, is what you're saying. 
<laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. It was worded interestingly, but I'm going to just probably say the answer is no, but I will say that um, I'm a little bit more confused with the question, although it was a very great question. I like the way you worded it. Let's just say that. I was going to really, like, mess with you and start naming, like, some super random, like, old school teams like the Illuminati. I was really going <laughs> to well, go, like. Well, more super random than the super best friends, which, do you guys know that reference? Yes, it's from, uh, yeah. I want it, it's, it's not, it's, it's South the Park. the superhero team of yeah. religious deities. Yeah, deities. It was a it was uh, South, South, Park. South Park, yeah, it was from South Park. I did not remember you. I had the that stupid. The only episode that you can't find because it's banned because it if, uh, provoked. Yeah. Yeah. A whole religion to want to kill the creator. So yeah, for sure. That was fun. And then you guys used to have those like little smiley faces with the horns on them, on your jerseys too. Am I wrong? No, I didn't. I purchased specifically the replica Maryland jersey, so I didn't have any smiley face horns. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. That was super inside. Me and Peckin also got along very well, and that's famous on the. You know, if you go far enough into the boards, but that's my guy. He got me into the league, so I won't. I'll uh, publicly say anything. My my wife just made a, a stank face. Yeah, no, because I cannot confirm nor deny screaming matches on the sideline between you and him. Um, I, I, I remember super random shit like that, and I really shouldn't, but I just remember <laughs> playing on the field, and then you guys are just... There's a lot of stuff we, we can neither confirm nor deny this episode. I think that might be the title of the episodes. We can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> and there you go. What do you got it? I, I might have it. I don't know. I might stick with it. I might not. I don't know. But go ahead, no, Joey. We can, always, we, we, we can always audible. Hot route. I'm, I'm lying. That's absolutely going to be the name of the episode. Hot but go ahead, Joey. <laughs> go ahead with your question. I know you have a quarterback question for him. Oh, do I? I thought you said you did. Uh, I do not, but... Already, okay, so I'll ask him. I tried to say that I'm, that I'm 80. Whoa. <laughs> I, I only have gray hair. I, I'm, I'm only 36, so... As a, as a quarterback coach, that's really young. Um, for a quarterback, I'm not even the oldest in our league, Joey. But you would no, have. You guys listen that. to the three-on-one podcast. You know who my favorite quarterback in the league is? Oh, yeah. It is the the quarterback from the force, correct? Rock, Rock Briscoe. Rock Briscoe. Yeah. <laughs> Willie Briscoe is older than me, and he's penciled in as a week one starter. They say that they're bringing in competition for him, so I'm crossing my fingers. You know, um, Devon Gray, he's 37. So he's older than you. There you go. You're you're the young buck in the league right now. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. I've honestly I've never felt better. I've usually played at around two thirty. I'm one ninety five. That's not bad at all. You know, people are joking that I might have the CC Sabathia situation on my hands. That might be uh, it. I don't think I don't think CC Sabathia was was being chased by people in his sport. So. Um, you know, losing that extra uh, extra weight will only just add a couple of uh, peps in the old step. I mean, what it sounded like me is like I, I definitely may need you guys to add a bootleg into your um, playbook. I mean, I you want me to go full, like put the ball on my leg, bootleg? I mean, we've seen the wishbone trying to be reinvented in Vegas, and we've seen how that goes. I'm not going to no, no. go. No, no. I want single back. No, no, no. Put the ball on my leg to make it hidden. So here you go. Like Woody, come here on out. No, We've no, this is what I'm doing. Time football. I, I'm, I'm, I'm offended enough that I have to have conversations with a head coach out there in, in the Vegas division about how to run properly a 1920s offense that hasn't been innovated <laughs> um, since women were allowed to vote. So here we go. A seven style. I'll break it down like this. Joey has heard me break down a play like this. So we're gonna do double. We're gonna do double tight. So four line. You know, four four on the line. Yeah. We're gonna yep. have a single back. 
you're going to be, let's put you a little bit, uh, not in the pistol, let's put you a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. We're going to fake a stretch right. So obviously you're going to have one receiver, one receiver to the right. Fake the stretch right. You're going to bootleg back to the left. They're going to run a post. So if that post is not wide open, I want you taking off on that play. All right. So what you're saying is, 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 is there going to be stretch play action rollout in my playbook? No, no. I'm, I'm, I would I'm, ask you I'm if, telling you to put it I would it ask in. you if you've ever seen any of my film. And what I just don't do is, <clears throat> Joey, I don't run all the way out of the pocket and, yes. and away from my blocker. Yes. Uh, to, to escape the pocket where yes. the protection is. Yes. The one thing I don't do because I don't have enough guys to do it, um, you know, with seven guys, um, and they usually send the extra rusher on me anyway, um, is is to pull, you know, what we would call a guard to do that, mm -hmm. as you would see, you know, the, in a Shanahan offense that they do with their stretch in this direction mm -hmm. uh, play action. But, yeah, uh, what I will say is that um, if you do go onto YouTube and you you – you see the probably my most uh, my most watched game, which is the 2021 BIC versus Renegades, in which uh, the, me and the Renegades gave them a game for three quarters and still lost by 20 because Ashanti Worthy scored 30 in the fourth. Mm. Yeah, that's the noise I made. There's actually if you watch the the full game where there's no there's no clips in between and you see, I actually went onto the field during one of the three on ones. And I was trying to escort Ashanti off so that he could take a breather. Um, it, it was not effective. But I can't tackle somebody, so I was just doing all I could to win. That's hey, you can't blame the guy for trying. That's the definition. But I'm going to press Corey a little bit more on this. No, but I, but I, I did in that game yeah. one option, and you may see that in some instances this year. My no, friends. I'm not That's, asking that was for the an option. Of me that game. Yeah, but I no. run in that game option, and what the defense did is they just went straight to the pitch man, and I was like, oh, no, I got to run now. Yeah. But go ahead, Woody, what's your question? But no, well, see, you, like you said, you're, you're slimming up a bit. You're down, you said 194? Uh, I'm, I was six when I just stepped on the scale. But I, I fluctuate. I, okay. I, I'd say I'm 200. Let's That's say I'm fine. That's fine. I, no, no, no. I, I want to go to 90, I want 196. I want 196. 196 because you still got another month to, you know, maybe drop some more. Who knows? So let's just say well, I'm you. I'm going back up now. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm building now. Okay. So, so let's go to a we, solid we 200. We cleansed and washed, and now we're building. So let's go to a solid 200. Okay. I, I, I really want you to draw this play up. I feel like this can give you that panning, Peyton Manning effect. You remember, I don't know, I think, was he on the Broncos? When Peyton it was ran, the Broncos, yeah. He was on the Broncos, and it was the exact same play, but it was on the goal line, so I don't I don't believe there was a post route. You're talking about when he ran into the into the end zone naked because nobody would mm -hmm. ever believe in the history of the world that Peyton Manning, with a forehead the size of a first down, would, would be running into the end zone in an NFL game? Are you talking about that play? That's the exact play I'm talking about, but well, make you know it 8-7 style. That play required one thing that no one would ever believe in the history of the world that the quarterback would ever do it. Chad Pennington also famously did that, but mm -hmm. then had to do a juke, yeah. which was just as surprising to the defender. Yeah. Um, and then that just goes to show you what, uh, as a New Jersey resident, what uh, what football games I was subject to um, yeah. as a young quarterback. When I, My favorite was Dan Marino, and I was stuck here watching Dave Brown and Neil O'Donnell and Glenn Foley. Ugh. So, yeah up in my mouth a little bit but yes yeah, so yes that's the same thing i don't think there's a team in the new jersey division that will believe that Corey hammond is going to keep this ball and try to run with it so as i'm well, putting this out about here, it January, earlier woody we talked about it earlier woody uh, i'm on these airwaves and the, the, the broadcasts for the game of the week and the podcasts and everything 
So <laughs> even though guys would not believe that I was running it, they're going to hit you. I'm likely not going to be left alone without somebody hitting me if I'm even making an attempt at a play action run. Like okay. I, if I'm just carrying out a fake. Okay. So as uh as interesting as your proposal is, Woody, I'm Make not happen. going to push for the naked bootleg um, just for the sake of my family and, um, you know, the the many, many kids we constantly talk about that I have to support um, when it's not Sunday. Guys in Jersey, I tried. I'm sorry. I tried to give you your free shot on Corey, but it's no, not I tried. I tried. <laughs> I, I tried to give the guys a free shot, but he's not biting, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure they'll find a way on their own, Woody. You know, they didn't need any help from you, especially now that BIC has Olay too now. Jesus, I think that's gonna be that's such a like slept on move. I feel like that hasn't been talked about enough. Brothers of Christ, indeed. <laughs> God, Lee. Speaking of which, have you heard anything about Daniel Virgis? Well, Daryl. Daryl. Why I say Daniel? Oh, Daryl. Daniel. Oh my bad. Oh. I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to correct you on your own podcast, but no. yeah, Daryl. Please um, correct me if I'm wrong. He bounces around the other professional leagues, so he's okay. been. Recently, in the past three years, he's been in Arena, USFL, XFL, Canada, um, and he's been on rosters for uh, training camp in the NFL. So, I mean, his journey in the NFL is still one of those journeys that he's still grinding, but um, I don't know specifically where he's at. I do know that they always rumor that he'll be in a game, and Carl does open up a spot on the roster for him, and um, he gets the extra spot on the roster for uh, Herschel. Uh, Michael I Walker. I love that. Um, I love that. The, uh, the guy who's uh, 50 and he's still in our league and gets carries. But, um, and first downs. But Daryl Verges is not someone I would expect to see consistently for BIC or anybody yeah. else in the SFL. But what I would say is that if you're interested in seeing a monster among men, that if you go into the YouTube vault and you go into those earlier BIC years mm. – you know, you'll know who we're talking about once you see a little bit of game time. I swear. That's why I, that was another guy I kind of wanted to give his flowers because I feel like in that franchise alone, um, the consistency and the, you know, the level of excellence. I mean, that they Karch, are probably one and two yeah. of the greatest running backs of all time. That's what I was getting week. to. Yeah. I think and Courage mostly. I, I would argue that based on the longevity. Yeah. That Courage in our league for what he's actually done in the league itself. You got to put Darryl, you know, was was here for a couple of years, but then he was, you know, he's had a rel- he's had a relatively long, legitimate professional, you know, career as a yeah, running back, yeah. and most of them were not in the ACFL. So I would argue that that courage is the best running back that's ever played in our league. But there's there's tons of running backs no, you, that we could talk about. You know, you definitely buried my question because that was the question I was going to ask you: is who would you put above? I do that to Matt all the time. Yeah, I didn't know who you were going to um, put one would, two, but I would ju- yeah, I'll no, put I would courage. Say that I would say that courage would yeah. be who I put above, and the caveat would be that he has more years. He has a level of consistency that's amazing at, uh, at any level of football at the running back position, especially. And if you just look at what he's done, what he, in essence, he's the Derek Jeter of the A7FL. For sure, he that's might not even he might that's not great. even arrive to a game against the team that BIC is going to beat anyway. But when BIC plays the best teams every year. Courage is one of the not only the, the the driving forces, but that those are his best performances. I think that was a and, great reference. That's a great comparison right there. Yeah, for, I mean sure. he, he's he's the Mister July of of the A Seven NFL. Like playoffs, big time games. If it was you know back then when it was Town Beef, the night game under the lights. 
Oh like, my gosh. Courage is showing up. He's the he's the anti Kirk Cousins. <laughs> That's actually funny. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. I think like I said, I've I've again I feel like I was playing against Courage in his rookie year. Um, he was playing on that New York team, that one random New York they, team they had. They yeah. were white. They wore no, white jerseys them. with the black. Yeah. Um, him and CJ, I forgot CJ's last name, but he was the quarterback for them for a little bit. I can't well, remember. CJ's name is not CJ. He's, I know. He, he would call himself Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson, yes. After the running back, yes. CJ2K. Yes. Um, I don't ever put CJ's government name out there because he never does. So yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> And there's another, and there was another guy, Chris Jones. People call me a narc all the time, but I I don't actually, I try not to as much as I can. I got you. But yeah, so yeah, I I saw him and I I got to, again, got to see the maturation of his game and how he navigated through this league. And like you said, became this primetime player that just shows up for those primetime games. And again, even seeing Carl, like I, again, played against Carl. Carl used to actually play when I played. And seeing what he's done with that franchise, turning them into easily, you know, depending on your flavor of ice cream, your favorite flavor of ice cream, the one or two. Well, don't get it team twisted. In 2020, when we had the Salas tournament, they were winless in the Salas tournament. Yeah. But, that was two years ago. That but, wasn't a long time ago. But they're perennial. Like, BIC has been a, a staple in this league for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. But they had to rebuild to get to where they're at now. And oh, for what sure. They, what Carl and what Kenny Stansberry and what yeah. those guys have done over there is really impressive because the U have been dominant for a really long time with yeah. the same core. And when a couple of their guys started phasing out, like the, the main guys at their core, they did fuse with a, you know, a, a nice group of, uh, you know, really talented veterans from other teams. And then they had this resurgence. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit of a rebuild, but I'll just say this, when you go from having Huff to then once again, having Huff at quarterback, and that's the, the, you know, the main reason um, it's easy to see, you know, why they were in the championship or winning the championships in almost every year that he was the quarterback of their team. Um, but what, what BIC did is they discovered Sterry Codrington yep, when even in his rookie year in the final four and in the championship game, people had still had questions about him. They had to question, um, yep. I, I, I was actually talking to a young man over in the Nevada division, uh, an electrifying player out there who's having a great season, um, Kay Uno. Yeah, and one of the things that he was frustrated with is that he wanted to be, you know, mentioned like, you know, the greats in this league. And I said, he 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 basically said to me, and I don't want to put his personal information out there, so I apologize. But um, he's a good kid, and he has a good head on his shoulders, and really competitive, and he he wants to win everything, including the conversation. So he said, "Man, I'm just going to keep working hard until you guys talk about me like you guys talk about Stereo. That I mean, that's what I'm aiming for." And that's a good target because obviously we say Sterry's the best in the league. But what I told them was, was, well, guess what? We do talk about you like we talked about Sterry because you're still in your rookie year, basically. This is the fall, which is technically the preseason. And what what we're doing is saying you're really good. You're really fast and you make plays and you could get better. And I think that all of those things are fair and it, it was a good perspective and you know, he went out there and he was he was playing his heart out. I don't know if you guys watched any of the coverage this weekend. Did you guys see the Kryptonite Hunters game? I did see that game. For first place in the division? It's okay if you didn't. No big deal. No, no. I watched yeah, I, uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. Okay, I know. Okay, Uno at one point after taking off, I think, two or three times, he had his, uh, his hands on his knees. So, I mean, you can just see the type of player he is pretty much putting it all out on the line. And you can yeah, see I mean, that. he got sacked, Joey. Mm-hmm. Listen to this number. I'm about to tell you a huge number. 
How many think I'm, I'm saying the number is huge. How many is uh, get it? How many times getting sacked? Like a lot of times. So I remember watching you got, I think it was at six uh, before we had to head. He got practice. sacked 14 times. Yeah, 14, in the game. 14 times. Mm-hmm. Now, not only does that mean that they were basically calling a pass play on every play, but that there was pressure on every play because there were, there was multiple plays where he should have gotten sacked and would complete a pass or escape and run for 20, 30 yards. Um, so my shout outs to him, but you know, even a bigger shout out to the kryptonite who not only put on individual performance, but as a team, they look legit out there too. You know, speaking of the kryptonite and, uh, RTC, um, you know, at that running back position, I'm interested to see how you guys compare him, uh, with one of our recently acquired, um, powerhouses in D West. I think they're both very comparable players and, you know, yeah, he's, both... a, he's a big guy, right? And he, I seen him, uh, he, for, he, he's coming over from the 18, right? Yes, that is correct. That, that and, boy uh, what I've, move. what I've seen of him is he is a good running back, but what I will say is that the running back position is really dependent. It's, it's a very dependent position, much like a wide receiver is a dependent position on a quarterback. Running backs are really dependent on scheme and offensive line, right? Um, you saw last year with the A team a very good player at D West, right? That's the same. Mm-hmm. He was at times able to be bottled up and corralled and into, you know, very little output because of the design and the structure of the way that the A team was run. Um, when you know it's going to be a power run game, your defense is built to stop the power run. And although Florida is a little bit more spaced out with the other teams, you guys know what to expect from the A team. Um, I guess not this year because there's a lot of player movement, but I would say that based on what I've seen, I've just seen more and clearer footage where I can judge what, what else is going on around him of RTC. So at least at this point, I'm not going to take away from uh, a guy's game that I, I actually have seen and do respect, but I've just seen a lot more from RTC. And it looks like to me, as that big back, he's also got that burst, which is um, you know not something that I don't think that West has, but it's just something that I don't think that I've seen as consistently as I've seen because I've been watching RTC every week now. No, I got you. And I think that kind of brings a great – it brings me to another point I want to make of what they're doing out there in Nevada with this preseason. And I just want to kind of like, again, use this to get on my soapbox and preach about the importance of a fall season, especially for our newer expanding expansion, quote-unquote, um, divisions here in the A7FL, and, you know, we've talked about them every week that they've been on here um, since the, you know, fall brawl season started, um, and that's part of it, is getting an actual, getting the film out, getting, like, your name out, getting notoriety, getting that, you know, a bit of that national attention, especially because right now in A7FL, there's nothing else going on between the lines right now besides Nevada. So they've got this, like, platform all to themselves. It's a great opportunity for players to make, you know, a name for themselves or at least to get their name out into some kind of conversation to where you're not saying well, this think, guy and who. I think as, as great it is, as it is for the guys in Nevada to get their, uh, you know, to get to the notoriety and the recognition and they're on TV. Let's be fair. They're on TV. On top of that. Um, I guess my voice is on TV, and sometimes I show the blurry picture of me from my my, uh, my computer screen. But uh, they're on TV playing football, and that's awesome. But I think the fall, the, the more important part of their fall is that these teams are getting the experience playing this game and learning the rules 
getting out the kinks, figuring out who are guys and who are talkers, figuring out what guys play what positions best, and figuring out as far as collections of talent, like what ways they can put uh, schemes and 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 uh, you know units together that will be effective in this style. I mean, I always say this because I think people do the opposite. The thing about the A7FL is it's not it's, it's not more complex. It's actually it sometimes becomes more simplified. It emphasizes the individual one-on-one matchups more. And what you do with the structure of an offense specifically is what you're what you're doing is and and, and a lot of teams are using motion now. Um, you know, check out what uh, OG Buck does with the rare breed and that jet motion and, and where he lines guys up. Um, you also see it from what the kryptonite do with what I call the statue formation, which I do not think is going to fly on the East Coast with aggressive defensive lines. That will just kill a quarterback if he's standing there with nobody blocking and a guy just, you know, 15 yards back just wasting, wasting space and time. Um, but it has proven to be deadly and effective in Vegas, so... You know, what do I know about it? You know, like kind of an ingenuity to our game. But at the end of the day, if I got a single coverage and the guy at the wide receiver is better at the corner and you can throw a football in in a a catchable spot, it really doesn't matter what formation you line up in, right? So when, when you emphasize the individual matchup, it becomes a simpler game. And basically the game is, is getting the matchup that you want. So for instance, if you if you spread the field out as the ghost and you want to run it with D West, then make sure you have enough to block for him. Get, get misdirection going in the opposite direction. Make get the defense on their heels, and all of a sudden when he starts attacking, if he's attacking an open space with blocking in front of him, as opposed to, you know, uh, four offensive linemen, quarterback, a fullback, and an eye, and they're just jamming the ball up into you know a, a cluster like it's rugby, like the A team are trying to do. You know, you'll find that it's, it's, it's a little bit easier for that guy to operate when the scheme is setting him up for an individual one-on-one as opposed to one guy taking on you know, all seven in the box because nobody ha- thinks that there's any threat to throw the ball. I'm, I'm so loving what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, Joey, yeah. I, did, I did your job for you on this podcast. But Devon Gray, to be clear, when I talk to him on my podcast and when I talk to him, you know, just me and him, we're cool, and that's my guy, and I'm rooting for him this year. But I, I also... As an analyst of football, I can look at some of their tape and say that there's a lot to be, uh, there's a lot to, to work on, and also work with, um, specifically with Devon at quarterback, but also as the eighteen general. Oh, absolutely, and, and I'm loving what I'm hearing from you, Corey. Um, you know, not only as a quarterback coach, but possibly as a uh, offensive coordinator down here. You know, huh? I look forward to uh, working with you look how a little bit more. Sure, yeah, I appreciate the, uh, the information. And, uh, you when little do, fucking when trainer. You do, do your games, Joey, just like I do for all the guys out in Vegas. You know, guys are having a good time with it. Um, I don't know if you've seen the ridiculous pajama pants or guys giving names like Lit Nuke that quickly uh, – is sabotaged by me into a lit fluke after a couple drop passes. Um, you know, the one thing about our broadcast booth is what we try to do is we try to give as entertaining of a product as we can. And whether it's the great plays that we see, you know, consistently and regularly in, in this league, because we have, we have great athletes. We also have some really hilarious moments that we can't just pretend like they didn't happen. So Joey, as long as you're uh, as long as you're able to to show out and and put some good tape out there, you know I'll I'll give you a, a good broadcast. But if you're uh, looking for analysis on any mistakes you make, uh, just turn on uh, the games of the week if the ghosts are there, 
and anything that I see, I'll I won't be afraid to let you know. Now we're we're friends now, and we're no. cool, so I'll uh, I'll I'll sugarcoat it maybe a little bit more than no. than maybe some others. Don't. But I mean, I watch my own film, and uh, I, I I can't help but you know looking at that sloppy fat quarterback with gray hair and thinking like, man, your throwing motion is looking lazy, buddy. Get your elbow up. No, um, one one thing I'm looking forward to, especially down here in Florida, is that that broadcast, that that coverage. And Woody can tell you, um, <laughs> me as a player, I, I'm not looking for the flashy nickname, um, the big highlight tape. What I'm really looking forward to, whether it's on air, is the productive criticism and the critique of you know me personally of whatever I need to work on, or even if it's you know off air. If you want to reach out to me, or I'll definitely reach out to you because. You know, as a player, um, you obviously know the game, um, so I, I definitely respect your opinion. Apparently more than mine. No, 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 apparently more than mine because he just tried to fire me as offensive coordinator and hire you. So, Joey, you little shit. I'm just saying that to you. You little Whoa. shit. <laughs> you definitely just well, – you come down and be Woody, offensive coordinator. Who's offensive Woody, coordinator? Woody, that's how podcasting goes. My, nah, my little friend, little Matt shit. Ryan, and fellow podcaster and fellow broadcast partner, before I was even off of the Hawks, was already pandering me out to the Vegas Force, the Boston Omegas, the Rawway Snow Tribe, and countless other teams across the country. And I had to remind him that, A, the Hawks are listening, and I didn't talk to them yet about leaving. Please, can you just stop shopping me around? And he was doing this actively, you know, episode after episode. And then what's funny is, is that even before I was even talking about going to the Snow Tribe, guys in the Snow Tribe chat that I now talk with because I'm on their team, they were saying, did we get Corey? Because A7FL Twitter and Instagram and Facebook was doing a clip of our podcast, basically cutting the clip, should Corey Hammond join the Snow Tribe? And people thought it was an announcement on the team, and nobody knew that it wasn't even real yet. Yeah. And then just so happens – the next day I got calls from guys that were thinking about like where we were going to go and what we were going to do. And, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, of course. You know how the free agency goes in the ACNFL. Yeah, I and I was thinking, I was like, you know what? This sounds actually like a decent idea. And then I reach out and they were like, yeah, man, we actually thought it was already done. There you go. I think that. And I, I hold on, hold on, Woody. I would yeah. like to clear something up on my end. Just... I was not trying to fire you. I was trying to relieve myself of the other offensive play caller for the Orlando Ghost. As, you know, we both knew I had to do for, you know, a couple of games because you obviously had some things going on. But there were some, some instances where I had to call full games by myself. So I would much rather just like to get back to playing the game and, you know, let you and whoever is the other uh, offensive play caller just call the game. There's no such thing as two offensive play callers. But we'll discuss this off air. I'm offended. I'm upset. Let <laughs> me stop messing well, with you, Joey. I'm just playing. It's, it's, it's getting back to Olay Bell and and the Savage and 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 just a callback. This this seems like that that you know girl walking by meme. So Joey's the dude uh, holding mm-hmm. Joey's hand. Yep. and I just walk by. Yep. And don't don't try and start shit. Do that as the art for the episode. That is it. You know? <laughs> no, that you literally just just took the idea. It's in my brain now. I'm going to be fi- uh, imposing our faces. Onto that well, unfortunately, meme. I do have to decline because, like I tell the A7FL uh, higher ups, you know, age is just a number, and if I if I can still play, I'm still playing. 
you know, and teams are still uh, still calling me, asking me to, to to be the person that throws it for them. You know, the only thing that I might take is if you if you get me down there to you know in a, in a season pass to Disney, um, you know, Woody might be breaking your heart, Joe, if he calls me to play for the Ghosts. But I, I wouldn't do that to a personal friend of mine. I know how I know what it feels like to have uh, a, a name. That sounds nice. Come in and take your job when you've earned it. So I wouldn't do that to a personal friend as it's been done to me multiple times. Hey, man, I always say I'm a, I'm a man of the team and who the best player is going to play at the end of the day. So if you think you can come take it, you know, you got to come down here and earn it. Right. But uh, Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not I'm not going to try um, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but the most important reason is uh, sitting next to me right now and probably – over here talking about him going to Florida. That I'm having so much fun um, in my own little world and not in hers. <laughs> Love you. Speaking, speaking of playing in different markets, um, a question that I pose to everybody that comes on is, you know, Woody's been pretty much speaking it into existence as the, the out-of-state games. What is a What would be a dream game, or who do you think would match up really well with the Snow Tribe that you would want to play against in this upcoming season well i've always been uh you know kind of out there pushing for uh a a snow tribe vegas force rematch i think the obvious reasons uh you know the 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 conversation around that game was what if snow tribe had a quarterback and i think that would be an interesting way to find out if they do have one (laughs) uh and i i being that uh that question mark um, but also I think that there there was a little bit more to the game because the social media presence of, of the A7FL Nevada basically throwing shots, you know, across four time zones that were landing hard um, on Snow Tribe on National Donut Day of all, all days. Um, you know, that type of, that you know, town beef-esque juice behind a game also makes it that much more interesting. And watching the uh, the Vegas uh, games out there, I see a ton of Force players playing, and they're you know they're just solidifying, you know how talented they are. It'll be interesting to see who lines up the running back for them. As uh, Coach Mack out there, the coach of the Force is not necessarily a huge fan of mine, but again, the more that goes into uh, the the outside of the line sometimes makes the you know entertainment value of the game that much more. But what I would also say is just as a kind of aside. Um, you know, watching this fall and, and, and you're watching the teams, I do say that uh, uh, an awesome situation, if you're talking about playing out of state, we hypothetically, if there was a magical way I could go in, and, you know, maybe even for one day quarterback a team like, I don't know, over the top where it was like, you know, they're basically, a, you know, a quarterback that can manage the game and get Savion Cunningham, a, an electric player. And then G Hurd, who's playing quarterback there, and he's doing a great job. But you know, he he would probably be more of a, like a natural running back or tight end guy. Um, you know, that would be an awesome situation too. So I'm just throwing that out there into the ether as a, you know, I guess a situation that would be fun as well. Real quick question, Corey. Um, I haven't been able to watch a lot of the games, especially I've heard a lot of the hype with Savion Cunningham. Um, is he the real deal, or is this um, an RDE effect? Uh, the reason I'm referencing it to him is because, right, because super because fast electric look, player yeah, year one. I think the RDE thing would be, you know, you question the competition that somebody's being elite against, right? Exactly. And what I would say is that in front of my eyes, I've seen a guy who's probably like 5'8", 
catch jump balls 60 yards downfield, double covered against two guys that are taller than him. And it seems like, and I don't know if that's really what it is, but it seems like when the ball is catchable in those situations, he comes down with the ball 100% of the time, and that's double covered. I've seen him, Joey, against, you know, let's be honest, this last weekend they weren't playing the best team, but against a group of, of men that, you know, are playing football, trying to tackle you, he took a quick screen and turned it into a seven-on-one, basically, and scored as light and quick as you could ever imagine. And in the, what's it, it's been five games in the, and, and the Jamboree, which was kind of like, we'll, we'll just say a sixth game. In six games, I believe he has 10 three-on-one returns. Okay, that, that's definitely and, a fair assessment. And what I would say is, is that after the first, you know, four returns, teams stopped putting in guys that weren't capable of chasing down anyone. And since then, he scored six against when teams know that OTT's best opportunity to score is when Savion Cunningham is, has a three-on-one opportunity. And when they're trying their hardest, um, <laughs> he still scored six more times. He opened up the game uh, because uh, a, a tragic situation out there. And, uh, you know, shout-outs to G. Hurd and, and Savion specifically. I've been kind of uh, getting a little bit, uh, you know, cool with those guys specifically. But uh, they reached out to me because the the night before Sunday, so Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, one of their friends actually, you know, tragically passed away. So they were dedicating this game to their friend Kia, and he took the opening three-on-one to the house basically for her so i mean he's he's the real deal as far as i can tell and and as, as far as the quarterbacks go for them you know i haven't seen him really like running precise precision routes because you know the thing is is the, the camera's focused on the quarterback and you know we just haven't been able to see the consistent you know you know traditional passing game from ott just yet but Savion cunningham is somebody that i would put in the same you know level of, of returner at least and we'll see you know how how the the spring turns out for him as, as a as a wide receiver specifically but there's ashanti worthy Whoa. kareem moon pack money from rare breed savion is just as fast as those guys and has the, the balance that when guys try to pull him down when he's running full speed if they don't make full contact he's not going down so um i'm impressed and, you know, as, as I say with all young players in, in the A7FL, you know, just because you look good early don't, you know, doesn't mean people can't adjust. So just keep working, keep getting better. And he still has a lot to prove, but I've liked what I've seen so far. That's, de- that's definitely some high praise, um, especially with uh, Mr. Mr. Worthy and um, Moon um, being, you know, put up there in that category. So, you know, I could take your assessment from obviously broadcasting the games and, from what Chris was saying on the uh, three-on-one, he's going to get working with him with the footwork and everything and just helping his IQ come up. So, you know, possible uh, rookie of the year out there. Yeah, you were talking about Chris Vera on the other side of the ball, you mean? Yeah. And and, and I respect Chris a lot. He's he's also uh, he's a wide receiver by trade, like in his past. But I think at least at this point, it's unfair to say that Savion's routes are ever the issue. Because what I've seen, I just haven't seen an, enough structured offense from the quarterback position from them 
that we can really gauge like look is this guy is this guy incapable of running good routes or are his quarterbacks just only looking to just throw bombs to him so I think that remains to be seen and I don't think Chris is wrong he's actually been out there makes seen the seen these guys in practice but I do think that you know at least this point it's an incomplete on him at, you know as, as individual like Madden ratings for for being a wide receiver because if you look at his stat lines there's no issue <laughs> he's got, He's getting, you know, against the pit boss in a, in a pit boss game where they their quarterbacks, you know, five of them, five guys play quarterback position, but they also collectively threw five interceptions, Joey. Um, he had two catches for 162 yards and 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 a touchdown. So um, both of those catches were double covered. So I mean, you know, I, I don't know what math you look at when you do that math, but it's like. Somebody just did something wrong, but I saw it in the front of my face. He's just catching bobs, jumping over guys. And then the one time it was an underthrow ball, he caught it and then made the two men that were covering and missed down the, the rest of the 35 yards uh, down the field. And he was doing that against the pit bosses who at the time were, you know, the, the darlings of the Nevada fall. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's um, something that we'll definitely be looking at. Another player we'll definitely be looking at. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I think we've been on here about an hour and a half. We've given great great episode i know we could actually probably keep going for another half an hour but i know like you said you you've got you know your world right there next to you whether whether a gift or a curse i i i have the ability to take and take and take as as long as you guys ask me questions so i do i do agree that it's probably a decent yeah. time but i will turn this on you just real quick as yeah. i always uh find a way to do this with every show that's fine um including others apparently well disappoint tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch that's tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch i'm sitting next to the beautiful artist that put together some beautiful artwork but guys woody let me start with you yeah which shirt are you selecting the hus hus it's definitely thick boy season probably not or i'll try it's definitely hus hus i thought that was one of the best funniest moments <laughs> there was that hus hus i need that well, your Hus Hus shirt could be yours, and including shipping, Woody. It's only 24 bucks. It's really soft cotton. It, uh, it washes well. And when you wear it, you will be wearing an iconic look that cannot be matched by anyone else or any other league. And just as the And One stuff was really popular, this could be also very valuable as a collector's item down the road. So I would say that the 24 bucks is a great investment, Woody. And if you go to tinyurl.com backslash A7FL merch, that's tinyurl.com backslash A7FL merch. You can pick the color you want, the choice of Hus Hus uh, fit, as well as the size. And I think I would go uh, Woody, even though, you know, somebody could try to troll you and say a certain size. If you go with the Schmied, you're good. Go with the Schmedium. It's a good size for everyone. Copy. So, Joey, back to you. Who do you think what shirt do you most identify with so i'm actually going to ask woody woody what what knowing me what shirt do you think i'd fit a thick boy season all day really tomorrow shut up get the hell out of here <laughs> I'll try. all right so, now to be fair to be fair joey to to finish that joke when we asked ryan shamar he actually thought it was fat boy touchdown i think even i would want a fat boy touchdown shirt but the a7 bell doesn't want us using that language it yeah. sounds a little bit worse than we we kind of mean it to yes, that, yes so the, the connotation of thick is what we've settled on and have you guys seen the shirts i've seen them yes 
Okay, so if you've seen what the Thick Boy Season shirt, it's not only a great a great uh, situation for most people, but it's certainly a, a statement of epic proportions. I'll say, um, when you wear that shirt as Kelly Hurst, the the director of of players um, out there for Vegas, was wearing a pink Thick Boy Season shirt on air on Fox 5.2 Silver State Sports Entertainment Network. Um, I was doing my Matt Ryan impression. Uh, yesterday because he was doing a catalyst show so i've been practicing that for a while so i might as well still use it but she was wearing one and let me just tell you the the leaning you know the 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 repose matt ryan that's that's something special that's something to behold so joe you're going with thick boy season no uh i you know as much as i do want to you know go towards my uh, and support my my linemen that are going to be protecting and giving me an eight eight uh second pocket every single snap Oh, I'm God, actually, that would be a dream, isn't it? I know, and that's what that's what we're uh, looking for this upcoming season. I uh, I hate to disappoint you, Corey, but uh, I'm actually gonna have to go with the, uh, the I'll try. You're gonna disappoint me? Oh, that was that was a great setup. So, Joey, you are by you are the first ever chooser of the I'll try, and as such, my friend, Woody, you still gotta buy your own because you could ask Rob, but. Good luck, bro. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let, bro, let, let, let me let me clear let me clarify let me clarify and make sure because every episode they uh, Matt Ryan says don't be an asshole. You say I'll try. That that's yes, correct, right? Well, that is correct. see, I, I feel like I'm the the asshole of the Florida division, the asshole of the podcast. So I have to identify the most. But have you seen, have you seen the art? Have you seen the art? Yeah. It's my hand up on my right hand, but in the back, you see my hand, my fingers are crossed. I'll try. So it, there's a lot that goes into the I'll try. <laughs> the other thing that goes into the I'll try personally for me, and I've never kind of like expressed this, is, you know, there's been a lot of games, and Woody can speak to this in my career in the A7FL, where in this type of league, you know sometimes when you're showing up on Sunday, you have no chance. The dudes around you don't believe you know, even in your heart, even though you're a competitor and you know that you're going to do your best, sometimes you know that when you're facing SWG and you're coming off a, a, a twisted ankle and everybody else sucks a quarterback so bad that you're just willing to go in there and still play, even though you're now completely stoned, you know, Byron Leftwich in the pocket and you're facing SWG, you could, you could avoid that situation knowing what the outcome is or you could just go out there. And you know what I'm always going to do? Regardless of how insurmountable the, mount, the insurmountable the odds in front of me are, and at times me playing the U has seemed that way. <laughs> and Ryan Shamar, I did in the South tournament put 300 up top on you, my guy. And if Eddie Pettio was in good enough shape, we probably would have put four. Just have to remind the audience there. But the I'll try is that no matter what is it in front of me, I'm never going to back down. I'll try. Now, just do it sounds cooler, but that was taken. Um, so Joey, Joey B, you will now be the first owner of an I'll try shirt. And Matt is going to be like, Oh my God, Corey, somebody wore the shirt. And I'm going to be like, Matt, it was me. And he's like, Oh, of course it was Corey Hammond's going <laughs> to Corey Hammond though. So we're going to, I'm going to get your information. I'm sending you that shirt. What do you have the opportunity? Of course you went with the Huss Huss. No originality there, my friend. Had to, sorry. And as a rapper, I was, I expected more from you. I expected you to at least go with the thick boy season or something, but. Everybody chooses us. I'm just sour grapes because I'm going to have to tell Rob when I send you your shirt that somebody else picked the Huss Huss. So it's yeah. now like, you know, 500 to, to yeah. five for Matt and then 
but so, I got the one. The first you, one. You, you, you send that to me. That will be worn pregame warm-up for our first game of the season. You know, it's easy. I know that it's just going to be the black, the black, uh, uh, the white shirt with the black uh, logo, and that's it, right? You guys are white and black. Boom. Is that? Or you want you want me to see if there's like a smoke? Ooh. All right, we'll talk off. Here. Yeah, don't give so, Joey no fashion. Don't put him on the on the spot uh, with fashion. In my nice. head right now, the Notre Dame fight song is playing. That was my high school. That was my high school fight song. So the the Notre Dame fight song is playing. I just got my first victory, and the joke has become that. When I ask this question, it also speaks to the slogan because I'll try because I just keep trying to get keep somebody to pick it and nobody has. But yeah. y'all about to take the, the biggest losing victory lap of all time. I only have one, but I'm Not still right. on the board. Let's I'm go. sorry. I had to. I had to go. You, you, you finally got your victory, Rudy. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And as old and decrepit as I am, I should probably come down there and just call plays for you guys. But let me just be honest. You guys probably got to got to cover down there, and I don't want nothing to do with even being anywhere near Deontay Henderson. Please. You know what's funny? I don't want to be in the same division, the same sideline. I'm looking at. He could hit. He could hit the quarterback I'm coaching, and I probably feel like I would kill it in my own ribs. <laughs> and I think I, honestly, I would feel like he's such a great guy, but like you said, he is intimidating as shit. I get you not. I think. Oh, oh! I, I some of my best friends are people that have have, have tried to murder me on the field. You know what's? I'm funny. not saying anything. Oh, what's off the field? I'm oh, just yeah. saying what I saw him do to OG Buck. That was crazy. I would never want done to me or anybody that I care about even a little bit. That was so crazy. As a matter of fact, I hate people that I wouldn't want Deontay Henderson to do that to. And that's what I'm talking about. So here's a funny so, moment. I'm gonna tell you a funny moment. Florida championship game. Uh, I I pulled myself from that game a bunch of times so I could focus on play calling. And um, Joey will tell you this. I was mainly only going out on throw-offs because I'm going to throw a couple of our guys under the bus. I didn't like the way they were returning. A lot of guys were trying to, you know, get too dancey. I was trying to get field position. So I'm back there, and they got a couple guys on their sidelines chirping or whatever. And I look at the three guys that they bring out there. And um, Bagway had stepped off the field. They had um, Henderson throwing the ball and two other guys. Uh Exactly. Uh Exactly. And I'm back there, and this guy, this one guy on the sideline is chirping, and I'm doing my best to ignore him because I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked he, in on play He runs like 4-5 easy. Like he's moving. Like it, he's not just strong. It's, exactly. Oh, so I'm, I'm, highly an, like I'm, highly anno- I'm, I'm highly annoyed at what's going on right now. This is a very high-pressure situation. They are on the sideline barking. I'm looking directly at Deontay Henderson with the ball in his hands, and they say something from the sidelines, and he swaps out with someone else. When I tell you I look composed on the film, but it was the biggest sigh of relief ever on my face when they swapped him out. I swear to God. So I, mean, I, I avoided if, if it on that play. I'm a, I'm a religious guy, and I do believe there is a God. But if that man can also throw it far enough to reach so that he can be running down at full speed, tackling people on three-on-ones, then I will question if God loves us because that just doesn't sound like something that anybody should have to deal with on Sundays in the A7FL. But if he is bringing it, that's why fans at home have grown to love our league, if not just as much, maybe sometimes more so than uh, – you know what you the other options that you have on Sunday, I guess only in the fall, but <laughs> for sure, absolutely. So Joey, any like parting words for our guests? Nothing much, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, yeah, this is uh, fun, guys. Appreciate. It. I'll come on again. Uh, you know, you can't you can't get oversaturated with Corey Hammond, which was um, even I can't stand myself this much. But uh, 
you know, as my wife has reminded me how many uh, how many hours I've been have uh, been doing this. To be honest, guys, I wouldn't be doing it with uh, if I wasn't enjoying myself. So I appreciate you having myself on. I will say that I was a little bit uh, upset that you literally listed, I think, like nine guys before me as dream guests. But the fact that you mentioned me at all is yes, just like the all trash shirt. I'll take what I can get. Well, no. Well, I'll tell you what. You were definitely Joey's number one uh, answer on air. Um, well, no, sorry, off air. No, no, sorry, off air. No. You wanted to get no, but it was a cool idea because you wanted to get Sterry Codrington, OG yeah. Buck, yeah. and Huff in the same room talking about, hey, who's the best quarterback here? Exactly. Because I think that is maybe even something That's that cool. we could try to do in the three on one. That's but knowing those three guys, you're not, I don't think we're gonna you're, ever, you're, ever get those three guys in the same uh, uh, Zoom call at once. No, I got you. Yeah, off, it, it, off was, air, it was it was Huff. RGE, uh, Devon, yeah. and OG Buck because that's right, that's right. one claimed he was better than him, one wanted to be him, and one was probably just friends with him and yeah. let, uh, let Huff. Oh, that's right, that's right. And yeah, the, the, the person that we don't want to keep talking about. Yes. That is fine. Fuck him. Hey, what uh, are you yeah. doing, though? Man, I know, I know. Got, he must have done like, some voodoo thing or something. like Beetlejuice, man. <laughs> We can't it's, it's like an atomic bomb that goes off that leaves all those like remains that you just can't get over fallout. for like, years that, on. That's exactly that that nuclear fallout. fallout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say this: but, in but, yeah, wrap, but yeah, to wrap it up, yeah. um, you know, if you guys ever want to have you know the parlay on the three on one podcast, we, it, love, I'll just say this: we've discussed it, and we're making our rounds. We had a couple suits on. There's there's this, there's that. You know, something comes up. Um, but you know, as we get closer to the season. What we want to do is kind of, you know, kind of re, kind of circle back around and make sure we touch all all the things going on. Oh, I know sure. you guys are still kind of getting the the final roster moves done, but um, I'll talk to the guys and I think, uh, you know, in the next the next couple of months before we get to the actual season, but probably also, we're gonna have some questions for you know what's going on week to week in the Florida division. So we might even be able to kind of have you guys rotate it, have a quick, you know you know, much quicker spot than this because I'm getting, you know, I'm getting some eyes from, you know, a very beautiful woman, maybe. Um, <laughs> I think they heard that. We um, heard it. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's life. Like I said, I'll mention it. It's been mentioned before. Yeah. But uh, you guys keep doing a great show. I'll keep listening. Appreciate and uh, hopefully eventually I'll stop talking. But uh, thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate you, man. We're definitely going to have you on more than once. I, I did want to sneak this in and say, Joey did say, off air, you were definitely the first name he he mentioned. Off air, but on air, he had that idea that he brought on. But Perfect. um, and when we'll, you, and when you speak my name, I, I come like it's just like it's like Bloody Mary. Whoa, like we're Hammond, boom. Yeah, oh see. yeah, pause. Oh, pause. <laughs> and that's not getting it edited out. <laughs> no, that's gonna stay there. It, it never um, should. That, that's why. No, we don't do no editing here. I I, I pride me, myself. Take me as I am. I, I pride myself I on that. Nothing gets edited out here on the on the parlay. I tell Joey that all the time. Um, we did have to bleep out a name though last episode. Um, the episodes that's going to come out before this, I did have to bleep out a name, um, but that's neither here nor there. But let's go ahead and wrap this up because, like you said, you're getting eyes over there. I actually had to put my son down in the middle of one of our conversations, so I'm pretty sure him coming in here got on the episode as well. But you know, from a father to a father, you understand that just happens sometimes. Um, real quick, how old are your kids? 14, February 15th, 11, 8, and 2. Yeah, so I got a three-year-old. And then with, for the rest of the joke, fill in for the rest of the 9,000, whatever. I got gotcha. you. No, so, 
I got two eight-year-olds. I got two eight-year-olds and a three-year-old. So the eight-year-olds are fine. They barely ever barge in. But Joey knows from recording that three-year-old, he's always popping in here. And it's 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 something. So your two-year-old did a great job. I'm sure he's already down. Shout out to your wife for doing what she needs to do. But we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Corey, you've been an amazing guest. We'd love to have you on. This is easily our longest episode. Hopefully our highest viewed and listened to episode as well. This will be our first episode out. Not only, um, like I said, last episode, our Spotify exclusive deal is up. It will also be on Apple Podcasts and on Google Play. So please listen to where you find your podcast, which should be those three. Those are the major ones. Um, we're going to try to expand to some more, try to get on Stitcher and some other places as well. Um, but again, Corey, thank you for having, uh, thank you for coming on here and sharing your entertainment and knowledge of the game, going down memory lane with me. Joey, again. Great co-host. Love having you on. Thank you for everyone listening. Please listen. Give us five stars. Like Bomani Jones says, if you give us four stars, we're inclined to believe that you're a hater and most likely play for the A-team. Uh, thank you, fellas. I appreciate y'all so much. We are the Parlay, and we're out.